welcome to the Pridopod, where our mission is to improve the productivity and profitability of the construction industry, our mantra is safer, faster, smarter, easier, and our measure of success is making a positive impact on your business, wherever you're listening from. My name's Adam, and part of my job at Prida is to look over the horizon and help our customers and their customers achieve long-term success. I don't have a crystal ball but I do have access to some of the industry's most respected experts in fabrication, building, design, and the cutting edge of research. I hope you enjoy these opportunities to step back from the day-to-day and explore the topics that will shape the future of building. On today's episode, I'm joined by Nick Hewson, Chief Design Officer and Head of Product Development at Veridi Group. Nick is a timber structure evangelist and a chartered structural engineer with 17 years of experience in the construction industry. He's worked on every size of project, from tiny domestic renovations to huge multi-billion dollar contracts, and this diversity is one of his great strengths, giving him a vast library of experience to call on and develop the most appropriate engineering solutions. His work with Veridi Group is helping bring timber into our future schools, apartments, hotels, and other commercial projects. We think he is perfectly placed in our industry to teach us about how lightweight framing and mass timber can come together to deliver efficient, commercially attractive design solutions and provide his perspective on how frame and truss fabricators can position and prepare their businesses to take advantage of these projects as a future revenue stream. Welcome, Nick, to the Pridopod. Good to have you. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for the invite. Great to talk to you. So one of the reasons that we wanted to do this podcast was really to you know, help fabricators look over the horizon and explore what changes might be coming to the market in the medium to long term. And for a lot of our customers, they might not be thinking about the larger non-residential structures as part of their core market. But in our discussions, you've been talking about how there's a pretty compelling pipeline of work coming up in some of these sectors. So maybe to start, give us a sense of what's the size of the prize in that low to medium rise structures you know, over the next several years? Um, well, it's already... As a, as a business is set up really to, to service more of the commercial market. Like we're, we're not particularly looking at uh, you know, single family resi homes, um, but um, you know, the, 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 commercial, uh, the commercial market out there is, is, is substantial. Um, you know, even in, in New South Wales alone, we're, we're looking at a lot of uh, timber frame schools at, at you know, one to, to three storeys. Um, and, and schools infrastructure in New South Wales have committed to spending $1.5 billion over the next 10 years to, to, um, to build new schools and, and upgrade their old ones. And, and that's, um, you know, that's an extraordinary amount of money and that's just one government organisation. So, um, you know, we're, we're looking at defence, we're looking at um, social housing. Um, and there's, there's an extraordinary amount of, of, um, of pipeline of work out there that's just... Uh, crying out for for prefabricated solutions. And what's the sort of timing around some of them? I think you mentioned some of that spending and projects already coming online now, but is that sort of already starting? And and how long does that sort of extend into the future? Yeah, well, I mean, the the work we're doing on on schools infrastructure alone, like we're we're already um, we're already at capacity. Um, we're only been operating for for twelve months effectively. Uh, but we're, we're already having to turn work away because we, we simply don't have the capacity to do what they need to be done. Um, so there's there's plenty of opportunity to to, to work with those sorts of clients. Um, that we're, we're already seeing a lot of uh, a lot of new school builds um, in in regional areas uh, and a lot of replacement of existing 
existing demountable classroom blocks. So um, that, that works there today. Um, and, and they're crying out for people to, to do it. And Viridian, I mean, what does capacity look like for Viridian? Is that just uh, in New South Wales or is that more broadly around Australia? Uh, look, we, we haven't branched out too far beyond New South Wales. We are looking at projects in, in other states, but um, you know, that's where our factory is uh, at, the, at the current point in time. So that's, that's where a lot of our focus is. There's more than enough work to keep that factory fully occupied. So you know, we're already looking down the track at, at moving to larger facilities and opening up second facilities to, to deal with those, um, you know, this, this demand that, that exists there. Um, looking at um, uh, uh, you know, potential sites down in, in sort of regional New South Wales to, 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 to service, uh, service demand in those areas. Excellent. And so I guess when we think about these projects and these, well, these commercial structures or these larger structures, it can be easy to think that it's the domain of uh, engineered timber, it's the domain of CLT and products like that. But so where does where does lightweight timber and lightweight framing fit into these the overall solution for these kind of projects? I, I think it's very much part of of a, a you know, of an overall hybrid solution. Uh, I've spent the last sort of eighteen months since joining Veridi, you know, preaching preaching hybrid structures to the masses, and that doesn't that doesn't mean it has to be steel or, or concrete, but you know, it could be lightweight timber and mass timber, for instance. Um, my, my previous role at Exlam, um, I, I you know got to got to know CLT and mass timber very well. Um, you know it's a it's a tremendous product, but you know that if you if you're honest about it, it's it's very over specified for for low rise buildings. Um, there, there's there's a lot of extra timber in there in a, in a you know one two three story building than, than needs to be. So there are you know, potentially much more cost effective solutions out there. Um, you know, using a using a combination of materials, um, we're we're certainly seeing uh, some some interesting opportunities coming up in the defence space. We've got a project uh, at HMS Creswell, which is using a combination of of uh, lightweight framed walls um, and lightweight roof cassettes, but a CLT mid floor. Um, that's proven to be a very quick and, and cost effective solution for for those sort of you know one and two story buildings. Um, it, it offers uh, the, the lightweight frame offers a lot of uh, capacity to integrate services and, and insulation. Um, you know, and, and it's not kind of heavily over-engineered. The CLT floor works well. It's very, um, very robust, very high performing, quick to install, and, and offers good fire uh, and acoustic performance. So, you know, combining those systems together, we've come up with a with a very, very cost-effective solution. And, and um, you know that 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 one project opened up you know several more opportunities from from uh, builders and clients looking to build those sorts of you know um, sort of semi hotel style you know cellular accommodation blocks, um, particularly in remote areas as well where there's there's very little uh, there's very little resource to, to build more conventionally. So you know it needs to be done uh, it needs to be done offsite. And I mean, at what stage of the project does that decision get made? Is that something that needs to be brought in from the very start? This mindset of a, a blend of materials and incorporating some of the lightweight solutions in that way. It, it always works better if it, if it is thought of that way. Um, but that's not to say that it, it always has to be. Um, certainly, 
the, the, the work that the school's infrastructure have done in, in New South Wales over the last two or three years, they've, they've spent a lot of time and effort looking to, to standardise their designs around, um, around off-site construction, particularly around timber. Um, so they've completely changed the sort of pedagogy of their, their buildings to, to standardise grids, to standardise floor-to-floor heights and layouts and things. Um, and they've, they've built those around um, around timber solutions in, in a lot of cases um, because that's that's a that's a material they really want to maximize. Um, so you know that that's one approach where where they've where they've sought to to bring that thinking up front. They've got the consultants uh, thinking in that way. They've got the builders thinking in that way, and that's starting to to reap dividends now. Um, but you know certainly. You know, some of the the more residential style of, of projects that we're doing as well. Um, it, it's been very quick uh, and easy to to, to you know, put forward lightweight prefabricated solutions um, and, and you know kind of reverse engineer what um, what's already on the page, you know, and, and, and come up with a with a panelized solution that that will you know that, that'll be cost effective and, and easy to easy to install. Okay, so there's definitely an opportunity there within some of those conventional products that you would see from a fabricator, whether that's prefab walls or things like floor trusses. Um, what do you then see, I guess, on the other side of that? What are the potential pitfalls for a, a fabricator, frame and truss fabricator that is looking to get into some of this type of work? I think the, the biggest change for, <clears throat> for me is, is moving into you know, commercial buildings is, is compliance. Um, uh, particularly when it comes to things like fire rating, acoustics, um, structural performance, the, the level of demand and the level of scrutiny is a lot higher. Um, you know, we're, we're finding uh, a lot more, um, a lot, a lot more scrutiny over over details, connections, uh, fire rating. You know, how do you how do you demonstrate that your uh, that the you know the wall you're providing fulfills the requirements of the brief? Um, you know, this this is. This is a kind of uh, this. This has really kind of exploded in the last sort of you know five years since the you know lacrosse, um, Grenfell, um, things like that. So you know the combustibility of, of cladding, um, uh, you know um, bushfire ratings, all these sorts of things that that um, that we're starting to find a lot of a lot of questions from from builders on. Um, and then certified. So I think there's a there's a there's a there's a sort of shift in, in understanding, a technical understanding of, of what you're what you're providing as well. Um, and what one other thing that, that we've particularly noticed is uh, the, the more you start to take on, the more people people look to you for, for advice for, for to you know, to lead the design. So you know, when when you when you're providing, you know, a single element, um, you know, it's it's quite easy to, to to provide that. It you know it needs to do one, maybe two jobs, and, and you know you can you can provide that element to the builder. But when you're starting to provide you know, fully prefabricated floors and pre-clad walls and roofs, um, I found that the the designers and, and builders start to look to you to say, well, what you know, what do you want to do? How do you want to detail this? And then it and it puts a lot more kind of design um, uh, responsibility onto us. So you know, we, we're having to spend a lot of time, you know, assisting through designs, helping to coordinate things, helping to 
to, to use our experience to, to, to help the builders and the architects to, to get used to this new way of building and, and detailing. So, um, you know, that, that has been a kind of big learning for us. I think, you know, we, we thought maybe some of the consultants and builders would be a bit further down the track than, 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 than some of them have, have seemed to be. But, you know, that, that level of understanding is improving, you know, day on day at the moment you know there's there's a lot more people that are coming into this space and and, you know starting to kind of pick up these skills and and understand how to how to detail and design these buildings and and working with a with a fabricator like us okay so do you sort of see a bit of a need there i suppose for just some better education and, and relationship building between the the fabricators and the prefabrication industry and that design space just to really understand that level of detail that's required and you know how all these components fit together exactly i think there's there's a there's a big ed- education piece that, that needs to happen in, in that, that respect and and um you know it, it's a it's a different it's a different process when you're when you're dealing in, in prefabrication you know the 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 level of information needed up front is is a lot more um you know, a, a lot more uh, detail. Like it's, you know, you, you need to know to the millimetre how things go together, you know, what junctions look like. You can't figure those things out on site the way you could before because, you know, we're, we're trying to cut them to, you know, a couple of millimetres tolerance in the factory. So, um, you know, we, we need to understand those things early. Um, things like, um, you know, cladding is, is, a, is a big one um, for us. So, uh you know, what, what what cladding type do we need to put on on the walls? Um, you know, how do we how do we joint that? How do we weatherproof it? How do we how do we arrange flashings and things between the the prefabricated modules? Um, uh, those, those sorts of things. People are there architects that are kind of used to thinking in in those sort of terms? That's something that the, the usually just gets figured out on site. But you know, when when we're trying to do that all in the factory. We're doing a lot earlier in the process than they're than they're used to. So, um, you know, getting getting that mindset, um, getting getting that understanding early, then building it virtually is 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 what we sort of need to get into that understanding of. It's not building it on site. That's the second time we build it. We build it first in the model. Yeah. So I guess there's some there's some innate complexity there that obviously some of the more established players in the space have have come to grips with and are used to dealing with. And you know my uh, previous life was in the world of precast concrete, which obviously is, I suppose, dominates that that loaded mid-rise apartment space and structures like that. So, how does timber then compete with these more established methods? I, I think what we've got to get used to doing in, in the timber industry is is providing, you know, is providing solutions. So, moving away from just providing, you know, products to to providing a complete package or solution. Um, you know, that's what, uh, you know, in, in particular in that kind of commercial space, that's what, that's what builders are used to. Um, you know, they don't have a lot of capacity or knowledge to coordinate multiple different products and suppliers and, and bring them all together. And if they want to get a concrete frame, they go to the concrete frame contractor and, and he deals with the, the form workers and the post-tensioning and the Rio and the concrete supply and he, you know, then gives them back a frame at the end. So, we, we need to be able to do that same level. And I think the advantage for us in the timber space is it's, it's a whole lot easier to, to prefabricate more. Um, so, 
you know, we can go further. You know, it is, it is um, not that much of a stretch to start pre-installing, you know, wrap and cladding and battens and windows, um, probably a different, you know, different level of complexity in, in, in concrete or steel, for, for instance. So I think we, we, have, a, we have a product, you know, a, a material in, that, that lends itself to, to that. Um, but we, we need to get we need to get better at, at, at offering that and offering more. I think the you know being able to, to to potentially partner with with other people in the industry if it's not something that that is a fabricator you think you can take on on your own. Um, you know, working with other suppliers, whether they're consultants or or other suppliers, manufacturers um, to to. To, to package up more and, and then offer that to the builders. Like the less, the less coordination, the less kind of thinking they have to do, the happier they are. You know, they, they can price in a lower level of risk into the project and, and um, you know, they will, they, will, they will jump at those sorts of opportunities. So the, the more you want to offer, the easier that decision becomes for them. Okay, so there's something in there with, I suppose, in terms of the offer when it comes to, to partnering and contracting, and then you also briefly touched on there, I guess, the material itself. And so particularly in the, the public sector, and there might be growing awareness and policy around sustainable building and the sustainability credentials that Timber can come to the fore in those sort of discussions, uh, in addition to some of the, you know, maybe there are other benefits in terms of the weight and speed of construction and things like that. Are you sort of seeing Timber having an edge from that perspective as a preferred material? Well, absolutely. I think the... The, the change that I've seen in the last two years, probably in, in timber, has been quite dramatic. Um, uh, when I when I first started in the industry, uh, you know, sustainability was 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 a you know it was a bit of a buzzword, um, but no one wanted no one wanted to pay any more for it. It was you know, great. We'll have sustainability, but only if it's cheaper. Um, now we're starting to see clients that are uh, you know more more educated, that are more um, you know, socially conscious that are that are looking for for timber as as a as a first first option. You know, so um, you know, schools infrastructure is a is a good example for you know a client that has, has sort of set this to out and say you know we the, you know we want timber first. You know, if it happy to have other materials, if it doesn't make sense, but you know we want to kind of understand and you know demonstrate that that. That it can't be that before you know we'll, we'll start to consider other materials. And I think you know we're going to see more and more of that. A lot of the big um, sort of commercial uh, commercial entities now are, are starting to try and figure out how they're going to you know decarbonize by twenty thirty or twenty fifty or whatever they you know they've committed to. Um, and you know the embodied embodied carbon of their building stock you know for a lot of these places is going to be. Uh, a huge, huge opportunity. Um, there's there's already conversations that I understand are going on in the background about starting to mandate some of these, um, you know, some use of timber um, at a, you know, at a state level. So, you know, not moving away from sort of encouragement policies into into more um, into more of a mandate to to include timber where you, where you can. So. I think the, the smarter developers and, and clients are, are trying to you know get on that journey now. So I can only see this this sort of area of, of commercial construction um, you know starting to increase even more. So 
uh, I think you know we're going to see um, some big moves in the next kind of you know five years in, in terms of uh, in getting more timber into more buildings. Yeah, it's it's an exciting time I think to be in timber, and you're right, the momentum around policy shifts, and I guess we've seen it overseas and. We're starting to see it locally as well, whether it's at a council level or, or a state level. Uh, certainly a, a really exciting time to be, I think, as part of this industry. And, and there is an exciting pipeline of work that's going to you know, fall out of that and that increased focus on, on the benefits that timber can bring um, to the sustainability credentials of what we're building. So I suppose just to kind of round out the discussion then, if I'm a fabricator and I'm listening to this, uh, I've only ever been involved in the residential sector but i'm interested in providing products into some of these projects what would be your advice to to a business like that to kind of start that process of of getting into more and more of this space um look, I, I think first off to, to sort of be be you know be realistic um i'm not saying that, that every uh timber fabricator how they should suddenly start jumping around and, and trying to to gear up to do uh, commercial buildings with you know fully clad walls and, and roofs and things, but um, I think starting to explore some some options to add to add more to, to value add to to offerings. So um, you know it could be uh, as, as simple as, as you know moving from supplying you know uh, floor floor truss truss floor joists to to, to floor cassettes you know uh, to to offering you know walls with with additional layers of sheeting or, or things on so you know that that's that's the sort of you know that, that those are the sort of steps to, to to start to take and start to think about to 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 build up that offering to to start to bring more um you know more of a solution focus and you know, a, a product focus um i think you know there, there is a there is an amount of, of resource that, that kind of comes along with that, and, and a, a level of understanding that needs to be brought in, and, and that's something that you know, working with with external partners in those spaces to, to to help develop those solutions might be a might be an option. Um, you know whether it's you know particular consultants to help or or designers or, or bringing in. Uh, you know, another another product supplier to to try to integrate with. Um, I think that's that's the sort of space I'd start in. Um, my, my my previous career at Xlam, um, I was I was really keen to try to, to to build some relationships with with the the you know lightweight manufacturers because I could see that um, uh, that the you know, the, the combination of those those solutions would be a much more cost-effective system than, than you know sticking to all mass timber or all lightweight, um, and and you know that's what we need to be doing to, to to you know to get more timber into more buildings. Those are the ones that we need to be you know those sort of uh, middle suburb apartments and, and things like that, townhouses, those sorts of projects. That I think we can we can really start to target and and um, you know. Uh, take a take a good chunk of market share away from some other systems. Yeah, so do you think it's fair to say that you know, for a frame and truss fabricator, 
the the guidance would be to focus on doing what they do really well and then seeking that that help and that partnership whether it's through you know the likes of the Prider engineering team are here to help um, or other partners in industry to to help i suppose close those gaps and um and help integrate into some of these new areas and new stakeholder relationships that they may not have that experience in yeah yeah i i think that's a that's exactly spot on i think you know, there there are plenty of, of good resources out there that, that they can use to, to help and support them. Um, uh, and I think it's you know we, we've seen a we've seen a huge explosion in the last kind of two years of of, of work in that in that single family resi space off off the back of uh, you know COVID supplements and things being being pumped in. Um, you know, those those good times don't last forever, and and I think you know the next um, the, the the next kind of uh, boom will will be in 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 more of a commercial space, um, and I think having you know for for any business having having the ability to 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 be flexible and offer solutions to different markets just just helps helps being able to to manage the the natural ups and downs of of the economy and and you know when when one area tends to um, tends to drop, another one tends to pick up. So I think, you know, that that's a that's that's, that's something that, that you know we we try to focus on as well is is having a real broad base of of clients that, that we can, you know, that we're not too dependent on any one particular area to to support us. Yeah, I mean, I think you've nailed it there. It's been such a hectic couple of years in the residential construction industry and obviously a huge amount of demand has been brought forward and it's been a challenge just for fabricators and builders to sustain it but as you say that the good times won't last forever and there will be a need to diversify and and look into other areas so i mean thank you very much for your time today i think that was some fantastic advice uh, for fabricators some really actionable things that they can do like straight away if they do want to explore this area or to keep in mind you know as, as the industry conditions do change and they are looking to maybe work in some different projects and with some different stakeholders so thank you again nick very much for your time today thanks adam pleasure that's all for today's pride pod thanks for listening and thank you to nick for sharing his knowledge and insights on how the frame and trust sector can explore growth in commercial projects don't forget to check out our show notes to take a deeper dive for yourself or download some resources to share with your team Join us again next time as we continue to explore how to maximize the use of lightweight framing in construction. I'll be joined by long-standing timber evangelist Paolo Levici to explore the new Resilient Timber Homes program and its potential impact on the future demand for timber framing products. If you enjoyed today's episode, we encourage you to share it with your friends and colleagues and make sure to subscribe via Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have any ideas for future topics or want to drop me a line, I'd love to hear from you. Find me on LinkedIn or email me at adawson at pridaanz.com. Thanks for listening.